they literally could have picked any time, any time they wanted. They they are not at the mercy of broadcast companies, are they? And welcome back to the MLS Now podcast. My name is Russell. You can find me on social media at Mr. Danger Russ. You can find the podcast on social media at MLS Now podcast. And most importantly, as if the first two aren't the highlight of this episode, no. Most importantly, you can find our wonderful, amazing co-host who has made time for us outside of his normal schedule on social media at Lions Blog One. It's Gavin. Hello, Gavin. Hello, hello. Thank you for the plaudits. I will also say you are wonderful and amazing for making time out of your normal schedule to uh, co-host this podcast with me. Co-host, as though I'm not the one reading it in. Oof. Oof. Ga- Oof. Gavin. It's a, trying, right, it's a team. Trying to take over the podcast here late in, Listen, late in the season. We can't have the podcast without both of us. So it's a co-host relationship, if you think about it. Now, interestingly enough, we have recorded and put out episodes that do not have you on them. So I, I think, Gavin, maybe the better argument is we can, in fact, have the podcast without either of us, as episodes exist that are exactly that. Well, listen, this episode in particular cannot happen without either of us. It's a... It's a symbiotic relationship. I don't know if that's the correct use of that term, but because because if you're not here, then I'm the host, but I'm talking to myself, right? Or you know, I'm having a, I'm 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 just giving my thoughts really, and the listeners are are kind of listening in, which I've done an episode like that before. You have? Uh, I've listened to it. I've heard it. Yeah, it's a great episode. Now, Gavin, but, I want to ask. What's the difference between talking to yourself and your normal day, though? Uh, I'm talking to somebody via uh, Microsoft Teams. Mm. There's somebody on the other end of the the conversation to have the conversation. Right. And so, presumably they're listening is what you're saying. Yes, they better be listening. Because if they're not, then, then we're going to have a problem. So, in short, we have to be co-hosts because we need each other to be co-hosts. So what you're saying is you need... One cannot be a host and a co-host. It's not possible. We are co-hosts. Yes. I'm getting philosophical on you. Interesting. Hey, if you're someone who specializes in philosophy and or the English language and you want to get in touch with us to settle this debate on if one can be both a co-host and a host, follow us on social media. We're on there at MLS Now Podcast. Gavin, I would like to briefly have a uh, episode with you here today. We didn't do one in the morning. We're doing this at night. Just a little peek behind the curtain here. So a few key items we're going to talk about on this episode, the wild card matches happened that, yep. you know, chalk, chalk results, number eight, one in both of them. We'll go over those here shortly about our actual thoughts on those matches. We now have a firm bracket 
that I would like to, again, just highlight, discuss here. And then some MLS awards for the end of the season were announced today, the finalists for them. So just a brief reaction and discussion there. Gavin, which one of these do you want to start on? Let's start with the wildcard matchups. All right, wildcard matchups. We began the wildcard matchups for the evening with a fantastic, high-scoring, thrilling 5-2 win for the New York Red Bulls. Gavin, Charlotte did not look good um, at all. Uh, you let Tom Barlow score a goal. <laughs> Who That's does that? That's how you know you've looked bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let alone the, the hat trick for Red Bulls, for Manuel, but Tom Barlow scores a goal. What are you doing? Uh, Manuel, I'm pretty sure, matched his entire season's goal tally in this match alone. I think he had three on the season in MLS, and then he had the hat the hat trick last night. I'll, I'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's tr- correct. On pace to win the golden boot for the playoffs, if such a thing exists. <laughs> yes. So, in just one match. Just one match. Yep. So, yeah, they didn't look great defensively. Um, there, it, it, There is some blame. I, I think we talked about this a little bit on our last episode where we said you know, wow, we're getting straight into the playoffs. These teams had decision day. Midweek, they have playoffs. And some of them had midweek games before then. So not a ton of rest for these huge, huge games. Uh, Now that's both teams going into these matchups. But when you're at home, it's just a little bit easier. Um, Or not easier, but you, you have... You have a little bit more momentum. You have a little bit more adrenaline. You have that support behind you. Uh, there's just some uh, soft factors that help you over the line. And absolutely, uh, the Red Bulls were helped over the line by their supporters. And Charlotte just couldn't cope with the Red Bulls press, giving the ball away, uh, not really being prepared defensively, and just everything that Red Bulls did in the offensive third turned to gold. I mean, it was just a clinical display from them up front. So, uh, yeah. Uh, do you put this more down towards Red Bulls were really good and just clinical? Do you put this more towards Charlotte were horrific? And how did they even make the playoffs? What What's your balance here? You know how I always ask these kind of questions. What, where are you balancing this one? I'm balancing like an extreme... Yes, kind of on both of these. The, the Red Bulls were unbelievably clinical with some of the chances they had, and there's a maybe a strong argument that they could have been even more clinical and run up the score beyond just five goals. Also, Charlotte, I don't know what changed and why they shifted from the system that they'd been playing because this was the first team to beat Lionel Messi, Jordi Alba, Busquets in the regular season with all of them starting. They did that literally the match before this one. And then they rolled out with one of the most porous defenses and pretty lackluster strategies. Like, I don't know how you don't prepare for this game when you've shown that you can prepare and strategize against Lionel Messi. I don't know. It... 
I don't know how much it was to do with preparation. Like you look at some of the goals and it's just, it's a giveaway in the back and then they're not standing in good spots. Like, is that down to preparation a little bit maybe, but like they give the ball away and there's, there's, there's not enough people standing in the right locations to win the ball back and to at least be a nuisance before a shot. And it was just, I mean, there was at one point, I think it was one of Manuel's goals. He just turns in the box and there's no one near him. And he's so wide open and he just curls it in um, the top right corner. I'm pretty sure it's that goal. And I just, I'm like, where's the defense? And it's just like, Charlotte, we're all over the place defensively. So maybe that's preparation, but I also think that's just on the day. They were all over the place. They were. I personally chalked that up to preparation and coaching. But to be devil's advocate, to give credibility to your point, it could be that, hey, they did just play a match a few days ago and they just were not mentally there. And it maybe it doesn't matter what Latanzio said to them. The players maybe just didn't perform that day. I don't think that's what it was personally. I, I would guess it was preparation. That's what I'm going to chalk it up to. But the possibility exists. It could be one or the other. Uh, yeah, I mean, preparation definitely, yes, has a role to play. I guess I'm putting a little bit more blame on the players on the pitch than the coach, than the coaching staff. It just looks like they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Because um, Latanzio can say, you need to stand here, you need to stand here. Uh, but then the players have to go out and do that. And to me, it looked like they weren't doing that. So that's that's my opinion. Yeah, I I would say just in general... Charlotte was lacking across the board and basically every single aspect on the night. Yeah, it looked very similar to the uh, 3-0, I think it was 3-0 against Atlanta, where I think just like everyone piled on and were like, their defense was horrible in this match. Yeah. Looked like that. Um, Red Bulls looked great. Want to give them some love. How are you feeling going into, obviously being a Cincinnati fan, going into the match against Red Bulls now uh, in the playoffs. Um, how are you feeling that they're coming in off some uh, very high momentum? I'm not particularly worried, if I'm being honest. I would trust Pat Noonan and the players to be able to prepare for this match a lot better, especially considering they lost at home like three matches ago. So... I would guess that they're not going to go in and just say, oh, we got this. It's going to be the easiest thing in the world. Like, this is a team that you just lost to. Go out and beat them. Make a statement. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not thinking that they're going to look at that and be concerned or threatened or, you know, ill-prepared or anything like that. As a Cincinnati fan, at least. As just a general viewer... I have so many complaints about watching Red Bulls. Like they did this when they got ahead against Charlotte too. When you give Red Bulls even one goal as a advantage, they just start going down on contact, and it's so frustrating to watch. Unbelievable! Like as a fan in the stands, it's frustrating to watch, but as a neutral, it's just constant stoppages and pauses in the game, and it ruins the tempo and the flow of it. And I, it's a it's a strategy that I get. It disrupts teams. It makes them frustrated. It makes them prone to outbursts. And especially if you have really emotional players on a team, then it's extremely effective against them. 
I'm not thrilled to watch them in the playoffs, if I'm being honest. Now you have best of three against them. Right. Potentially watch Red Bulls three times in a row. Oof. That's right. It's going to be a lot of time wasting. Gavin, over under 30 minutes total time wasting, averaging 10 minutes a match across these Red Bulls matches. For like the stoppage times? Yeah, for like the, the total stoppage added on across, you know, all matches. And if they only do two matches, then we're going to say over under 20. So we'll, we'll average is, it out to 10 minutes a match. Yeah, that's five minutes a half. I could definitely. Ooh, that's close. I'm going to go with like, we have to record this, but I, I, I think just under. I think just under, but more or less because you guys will be <laughs> in the lead and not them. We can only hope. Yeah, I, yes. I agree with you. If Cincinnati gets an early goal, you will see less time wasting. Yes. But if Red Bulls get the goal early, oh, watch out. Ooh, yeah, it's going to be rough. Very good. Gavin, shall we move on to a we, we're going to go from a seven goal match to a match that did not get to seven goals, even with penalty kicks. Yes, we we go from very good offenses very good offensive game even charlotte had that moment like the bicycle kick which was absolutely insane it's a shame that goal comes in a loss for them because that would have been uh, a highlight reel moment for a long time if they won the game but anyways we go from a really good offensive performance from uh the first wild card game to extremely poor offensive performances in the second game there were multiple times where this game could have and should have had a goal scored. Um, some of that down to the defenses, like Cade Cowell goes on a great run and gets his shot blocked. Alan Polito gets a, a shot blocked off the line by the San Jose defender. I think his name's Rodriguez. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, please. So that there sounds were, right. I think I know yeah. the shot you're talking about. It was relatively late in the match, I want to say. Uh, no, no, no. The one from Polito that was blocked off the line was right after halftime. I want to say it was early in the second half. Okay. I think Polito had multiple blocked off the line then. Cause I, I remember a very, very important, like near on the line save again against Polito. Actually that might've been, Oh, that was by the goalkeeper. By, yeah. That was by the goalkeeper. Yep. I, as yep. I'm replaying the moment in my head, I'm like, actually that might've been by, uh, it was a good save by Daniel. Yeah. Huge uh, but yeah, to penalty kicks. Yes, absolutely. Um, but once it went to penalty kicks, we all knew what was going to happen. Uh, well, I, I didn't expect what happened to happen, Gavin. Really? I would not have expected your two most important players for San Jose to both have terrible penalty kicks. I mean, N- there's, neither of which scored. There's and one of them was died. Yes, there is history there, though. They showed it before the, I don't know if you saw it, but before the penalty shootout, Apple TV literally showed the game in 2020. It was this exact fixture, and Espinosa and Uil both missed their PKs in that game as well. Against Timelia. I thought that was a pretty cool um, find from the crew. Um, it may be a very cool find. I wouldn't have expected that to happen again. Neither would I. 
They had like the ghosts of their past against Tamelia bubbling up. And yeah, uh, Espinoza telegraphed where his was going and Yuil skies, 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 skies his. And at that point, you knew it was over for San Jose. Right. Well, and then, you know, there is a save that comes up. And at the time, it was only 1-0. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, they're not out of it yet. And right. anyways, the SKC goes on to bury the remaining shots. So it, it And in fact, it was over, as it turns out. But oh, well. Yeah, and I think that's really the game for me is the the missed chances on offense by both teams. I mean, even the ones that didn't turn into shots, there was one point where San Jose, their their right back was like in the box looking for a cutback and he just holds on to it for way too long and it, the ball just gets toe poked away from him. And it's like just put the ball across the box, you don't know it could, you know, deflect in or something for an own goal. Instead he just holds on to it, loses the ball. Um, the Cade Cal one, I think he shot, he was trying to shoot across the goalkeeper. Maybe he should have shot near post. Uh, that's the one that gets blocked. Uh, I think there's a moment where Tommy does pretty poor in the box for SKC. And so it's just like offensively, neither of these teams impressed because they were getting chances, but they weren't doing anything with it. Yeah. It, it looked like a play in match for the yeah. playoffs. It it looks like an eight versus nine match, and I understand that Apple wanted more matches. Gavin, I'm going to be honest. I could have skipped that match. Yeah, I could have skipped it too. I will say I am excited to see St. Louis versus SKC uh, two to three times. I think out of the t- the possible winners, that's who I would have wanted to see. So pretty happy about that. If they didn't have a wild card match and they just went with number eight, you still would have got it. Fair point. Yep. Good point. <laughs> we would have got the exact same bracket if they didn't have the wild card match and just made it top eight go to playoffs. Yeah. All right. Shall we preview the games really quick? I guess we already previewed the, uh, yeah, the Cincinnati I, one. I suppose we shall, shouldn't we? Well, hey, while we go to preview this, Gavin, I just want to have one specific gripe here. If you go to the MLS website and you want to hit like a playoff bracket, just like see what it is. The only one that you can see is the bracket challenge. There's not just like a static bracket anywhere on the website. Of course not. Which makes no sense to me because it's the playoffs like that should be on your front page pinned to there. Right now, the front page is the MLS uh, season end awards which is fair. I mean, that news came out today as to who the finalists are, but the only way you can see it is by clicking on bracket challenge, which is, you know, in like a small dynamic box kind of below the banner. And it, it doesn't make any sense why you've put it there because it's not anywhere else on your site. There's no articles. There's no anything like that. So, yeah. Grumble, grumble, MLS, grumble. If, if you're listening to this, if you work for MLS and you're listening to the podcast, one, thank you. Two, fix that. Put the bracket on the website. Reach out to your website team, please. Yeah. Like, talk to the people who create that content and say, guys, you're missing a very important piece of information that fans might want to know, which is what does the bracket look like? 
if they don't want to sign up and click through the no, I don't want to sign up for the bracket challenge. Take me through this pop up. Grumble, 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 grumble. So anyways, yes. Yes, we've previewed Cincinnati uh, versus New York. Philly versus New England, you know, it's. I think we both uh, we both picked Philly to win this, didn't we? Oh, we're going there. Okay, I thought we were doing SKC versus St. Louis. We can do SKC versus St. Louis. That's fine. Well, well, no, no, no. I thought we were just. Are we doing all the playoff matches or just or just the two? I guess we should do all of them. Okay, Philly, New England. Sorry. Um. Yes, we both picked Philly. New England have been a dumpster fire to end the season, except for their decision day win to keep them in fifth place uh, over said Philadelphia. So maybe that gives them a mental edge. But I still would pick Philadelphia as the favorites for this one. I think it'll be a good match, though. I I think even though New England have been struggling, it's the playoffs. The players are going to be up for it, and they do have good players that can hurt Philadelphia. Yeah, it's in Philadelphia, though. This game kicks off at roughly 5 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. Which is interesting, Gavin, because this is, I think, the earliest kickoff that I see in the opening schedule of matches for the first round one matches. So 5 p.m. on a Saturday in Philadelphia. I am intrigued if i'm being honest because i think this is just going to go straight home results both teams have been decent they've been getting good crowds philadelphia has history in the playoffs they've traditionally done very well at home i don't foresee it going any differently i i mean i could see it i'm not going to write new england off i predicted philadelphia but i nope (laughs) but i'm not going to write them off yeah no i am uh Hundred percent. Fair. Fair. So and then we're gonna jump over to the other Saturday match, Gavin. It's LAFC versus Vancouver at eight PM Eastern. It's five PM local time out where this is happening. So another somewhat early in the day match for a Saturday, but a little bit later for converted to other time zones. And this one's in LAFC, I believe. It's not like they're going far for LAFC or Vancouver. Gavin, believe it or not, I think I'm actually going to pick Vancouver for this specific match. I picked Vancouver to advance, but I'm specifically in this first match. I think I'm going to pick Vancouver. If they're going to advance, I feel like they have to do it. I I think they have to win this first one. Yeah. Just to give themselves two opportunities to win a game. Because I don't think they're going to win two in a row if they need to. I feel like these are always really close games. I'm trying to um, get to their history against each other. I just feel like they're always close. I'm pulling it up right now. So, yeah. While you're you're looking at it, while you're formulating that thought, I want to throw another question your way for you to keep in mind. If someone wins the first match, what percentage of teams in these round one matches do you think go on to advance in just two matches? Like how many do you think go to three matches is maybe the better phrasing. I think most go to three matches. 
Interesting. Not all, but I think most. I think it will be. I don't know exactly how many matches. How many? What is it? Round of. Is it there's eight, a is it eight games total? Yeah, there's eight matchups, so it's a minimum yeah. of sixteen matches and a maximum of twenty four matches across yes. round one. So I think maybe like five will go to three games and three will go will be like two games. That's what okay. I think will happen. And the ones that go to three games, I'll be interested to see how many of those go to three games off the back. And the team that advances is the one that won game one. That's what I think will happen because they'll be the home team. Um, but yeah, uh, it is an interesting thought, though. So. I think LAFC have six wins. Vancouver have five wins and there's four draws in their history. So yeah, it's always a close matchup between these teams. Historically. Right. And it doesn't seem like Vancouver is particularly poor at BMO field or BMO park or BMO, st- whatever, whatever BMO it's called it right now. I don't, I don't remember. BMO I Stadium, I think. Yeah, BMO Stadium sounds right. Yeah, um, they're not. I, I I don't think Vancouver should be written off in this tie. Absolutely. I don't think so. So, Right. That said, I know LAFC by the media is favored as one of your top picks to win the West and go to the MLS Cup. So it will be interesting. I think if they get through this hurdle, I don't know what actual hurdle they would face. I mean, I don't think they would struggle against Seattle or Dallas. So perhaps they wouldn't really struggle again until the finals of the conference. LAFC? Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. So they got to get through Vancouver first, though. Right. Vancouver might be their biggest challenge until the finals. Yeah. Which is weird that that's their round one, but it's just the way the West was this year, right? Yeah, the West was weird. And I mean, Vancouver is an inconsistent team. So I have a suspicion that if Vancouver does not win match one, they don't advance. Because I, I think I think they're going to need that extra buffer because they're going to have a really inconsistent game in the second at home for whatever reason. I don't know why, but they will. They're going to be super inconsistent and have like a poor showing at home. So they need to win the away one. Right. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Gavin, we're going to move to Sunday, October 29th. We've got three more matches. And then we've got a Houston versus Salt Lake match kicking off. It it makes no sense, Gavin. It kicks off at 6 p.m. Eastern, Houston versus Salt Lake. It's the furthest west of these three matches and it's kicking off the earliest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. Why? The uh, my state it's a statement and a question. Why? The <laughs> MLS had free reign to schedule these whenever they wanted. They weren't at the mercy of broadcast companies. And yet here we are doing this BS with the with the playoff times and the playoff schedule. And it's just when you dig into it, some of them are just you just you're just left shaking your head. Like like you said, 6 p.m. Eastern for Houston versus RSL. It's 8 gonna be p.m. 5 Eastern. p.m. local time. 
Yeah, 5 p.m. local time on a Sunday. On a Sunday. This is not a Saturday. This is a Sunday. Right. What, 8 p- 5 p.m. local time on a Sunday makes sense, though. Yeah, yeah. But as the first matchup of the day, maybe not. Right. 8 p.m. Eastern for Cincinnati versus Red Bull New York. Eh, that's really late, but doable. And then obviously 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central uh, for St. Louis versus SKC is atrocious. So. Right. And just to follow up on that, Gavin, I, I sent you that text. The announced start time because it's an FS1 broadcast match is actually closer to 1030 Eastern. So 930 p.m. Sunday night is insane. I just I don't know. I don't know who made this decision. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting. They're going to like St. Louis has phenomenal attendance. They're going to sell out this match. Tons of people are going to be there. I'm not worried about it, but I can only imagine the grumbling and the complaining going on in that city right now. Oh, yeah. If we're grumbling and complaining, you better bet they're going to be doing it. Right. Because they've got to actually go to it. Yeah. So, um, okay. We, Houston. we kind of already. Yeah. Go. Let, let's go back to Houston, Salt Lake. I'm picking Houston specifically to win this one. Houston's been a juggernaut at home. RSL's been, I, I would say RSL was probably even lucky to make it into the playoffs. I, this is one that I foresee going only two matches and Houston winning both. Yeah. RSL hit a hot streak mid season. They, at one point, in my opinion, were one of the best teams in the league. They got some injuries. They kind of fell away a little bit. And Houston now are kind of uh, taking the mantle as playing some of the best soccer in the league and have really good momentum. And a lot of people are picking them to go far. So I'm really excited to see, can they live up to kind of the little bit of pressure that's getting put onto them now? I think a lot of, I've seen a lot of brackets having them go really late and even into the finals uh, and winning the whole thing uh, for some people. So yeah, this first game's going to tell us a lot about this Houston team and if they can uh, live up to the hype. Agree. We've already hit on Cincinnati, New York multiple times. So we're going to skip them since we've yep. talked about them already. St. Louis versus Kansas city. Gavin, you said you wanted to waffle if Kansas city made it through the wild card match, it might change your prediction. Are you ready to commit to a change in your prediction, or are you still sticking with St. Louis? I I don't know. It's just something about the rivalry and something about it, something about SKC. It's just like a gut feeling that they might be able to do it. I'm going to stick with my pick to have St. Louis go through, but man this scream this is screaming upset for me this this best of three is screaming upset i'm gonna i'm gonna stick though i'm I'm not gonna twist i'm gonna stick i'm sticking as well i think st louis is gonna go and go pretty hard kansas city just played you know a full 90 they just went into penalty kicks they're gonna be on what four days rest uh, St. Louis like has that, had yeah. yeah, St. Louis has had uh, eight days by the time that this match rolls around. So I foresee St. Louis going in, guns blazing, 
going to be pressing the heck out of Kansas City. Kansas City will be maybe at 90%, but I don't think they'll be 100% for this match. So personally, I think St. Louis wins this. And it's going to be like 9.30 local time on a Sunday. No player wants to be playing that late. No player wants to be kicking off that late, I should say. Oh, yeah, I'm sure players aren't very happy about the schedule either, now that you say that. Um, yeah, but that kind of goes for both teams as well. You know, St. Louis players might not might be affected by that, but they are at home, so you expect them to be in the groove, be, in, be up for the match, and, you know, put a few hard tackles in, things like that. Right. They'll sleep in their own beds. Yes. All right, and then we're going to go to Monday. Gavin, we got three matches left, and I'm going to cut us off on the Wednesday match because we don't need to go into the, the second-round matchups right away on this episode. It's it's your boys, Gavin. Orlando versus Nashville. It's been blowing up on social media. If you are not on X right now, there has been the most insane like back and forth between Orlando and Nashville fans. And yeah. it's just like... I've been I've been living vicariously through social media, just watching with great amounts of interest and staying well away from it because you me too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to touch that with a 30 foot stick. I'm not going to touch that with a 300 foot stick. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't even want to say anything about it, honestly. Yeah. Either I, way, either way, like it's fun. It, some of it's funny, like I won't say what's funny, but some of it is funny and some of it isn't. And you kind of have to just pick through it. Um, but it's definitely like people watching. Yes. You know how you go out and I don't know, you go to um, I don't know. You're just out and about. You go like to a I, mall, you sit in the food court and you people you go, watch. You go to an MLS soccer game and you just people watch at halftime or something like. Yeah, that is that is what's going on just on X at the moment. And so, yeah, I am people watching and I think a lot of people are, too. It just puts a little bit of extra spice in the matchup. The game itself, um, I think it's going to be a lot of Orlando having the ball Nashville trying to transition. Orlando have done a really good job this season of not allowing transition opportunities let alone goals and so that used to be a weakness a weak point for orlando not this season uh so it's gonna be really interesting to see how nashville can create chances and if they will create chances or if orlando's just gonna dominate these these matchups and nashville are just gonna uh try to nick some wins my hot take here, Gavin. I think this is another uh, two and done matchup. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nashville have been a shell of themselves the past few weeks. And Orlando's been similar to Houston in amazing form. Right getting hot, yeah. Yeah. Getting as hot as possible at the absolute best time of the season. I, yeah, I, I think it's a two and done. And we rested a lot of people on decision day. So like Faku didn't start. Um, Cartagena didn't start. Uh, Robin Janssen didn't start on decision day. Uh, 
Duggar Don didn't start, like maybe six of our starting 11 didn't start. We did uh, a full rotation to get some people some minutes to uh, rest some legs for the playoffs. So we're coming in fresh, uh, fresher than Nashville are coming in, I'd say. Duncan didn't yeah. start. So, yeah. Um, Gavin, I am going to go ahead and test you here as I'm clicking through. When was the last time that Hani Mukhtar scored a goal? Hmm, it's been a long time, I believe. I know it's been a long time. I know that's kind of been a talking point around Nashville. I don't know the exact match, but maybe back in July, early August. It's been more recent than that. Okay. It was against Sporting Kansas City in September, five weeks ago. Wow. Okay. That's very was, unlike him. Yeah. Was the last time Hani Mukhtar scored a goal. And Gavin, I, while it's great that other players are scoring goals for Nashville, they've not exactly mm. been a team that, you know, can get by with Hani not ha- having an impact. There's a reason he won MVP last year. I mean, are other players scoring for them? Obviously, they're getting some goals, but not at a not necessary at a rate. Right. Yeah. So. One to look out for. I guarantee you he scores probably in this first matchup because that's just how it works. We'll see. We will see. And then you've got uh, Seattle, Dallas as well. Also on Monday, October 30th. By the way, probably Halloween for most places like Either Monday or Tuesday, or maybe even Sunday. I don't know. Like it's it's gonna be so weird to have these playoff matches, and then families are gonna have to pick between doing Halloween or watching an MLS match. And I I can guarantee you which one they're gonna pick if they have kids. Yep. I mean, we're doing a Halloween party Sunday night at our house. Not a huge one, but just like a small one. So we'll be doing that, and I'll probably just try and get some MLS on in the background. It's the best you can do. Yep. So anyways, Seattle, Dallas, that one kicks off 9 p.m. Eastern. It's in Seattle, so it's going to be 6 p.m. local time. Honestly, that's probably about reasonable for a West Coast match kicking off at 9 p.m. As much as I hate to say it, that's I, I can't complain too much about this one based on where it is in the world. No, I can't. Um, we can complain about the fact that it's on a Monday, but yeah, yeah. We can complain about the fact that it's on a Monday. You're right. 6 p.m. on a Monday. People are yeah. probably stuck in rush hour traffic. Right. Yeah. For, I mean, look, we're both of us are Eastern time based. We we forget that things such as rush hour play into kickoffs. Yeah. So I'll complain about it. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. You are empathizing with our West Coast listeners. Complainer. That's right. I'm out here, you know, forgetting that rush hour even exists because I live way outside of a city. Yeah, you don't live near anywhere that has rush hour. Right. Well, well, I do live somewhere where there's a rush hour. It's just going in the opposite direction that I go. <laughs> right. So you don't have to deal with it. Uh, as for the match, uh, Seattle for me. I think yeah, that, I mean, I know we're picking like literally all the favorites and that's just not going to be the case. Somebody's going to shock somebody. 
I I don't see it being Dallas in the playoffs this year. I don't see Dallas uh, shocking Seattle. Not in this match at a, at a minimum. I agree. I don't see Dallas having the wherewithal to be able to, if I'm being honest, I don't see them having the wherewithal to score more than maybe like one goal in this series. Yeah, not recently. They haven't been amazing. Yeah. Now, in in knockouts against Miami, they had that amazing performance and just couldn't get over the line because Messi messied. Um, But can they replicate that performance again? I don't know. It's a big question. We'll see. I don't think they will, though. Again, I think Seattle's going to be another one of our two-and-done matches. Could be. Could be. So, And then we're going to go to our final one for the first round of these round one matches, which is Columbus versus Atlanta. Gavin, if you didn't like 9 p.m. on a Monday, you certainly won't like 7.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. Not a fan of that one either. Nope. <laughs> Not at which, all. In fairness, that is a normal kickoff time for a Wednesday match for most of the regular season. Yeah, but it's it's the playoffs. Weekends, people. Weekends. Yeah, and this Brian, is another it's another uh, FS1 kickoff, so. Yeah. Which in fairness again, there's no NFL on a Wednesday. So if you were ever going to try and compete with the primetime hour, Wednesday is not the worst day to pick. Yeah. Uh this is going to be one of the best matchups of the entire first round of the playoffs. Agree. I think. Just two and, teams good form inconsistent defenses good offenses i'm excited to see what happens in these two to three matches hopefully three that's gonna be my guess and i think it's gonna be if i had to guess i think it's gonna be a columbus win and then an atlanta win and then an atlanta win i like it i like it that's spicy i think this is gonna be one of the very rare occurrences where the team that wins first does not advance. Okay, I like it. Yep. Let's go with it. Perfect. All right, Gavin, that takes us through all of those round one of round one matchups. We're going to go ahead. We're going to end out on just briefly discussing some of these season end finalists. Gavin, very high level, probably the one that may be as most expected. MVP. You've got Acosta, Almada, and Buanga making the finalist list. I think we can agree it's likely going to be Acosta who wins that. Yeah, that's what we said when we talked about this a little bit, uh, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, earlier this week. I can't remember exactly. Um, But yeah, Acosta. Right. Uh, Coach of the year. Carnell and Noonan both in there. Interestingly enough, Wilfred Nancy's included in there, and I'm not sure if I agree with that. I think he's being included based on consideration from prior season, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's from media hype. Uh, Columbus, I don't I don't think Nancy deserves that by getting that Columbus team to fourth in the Agree. East. I actually might have put. Oh, wait, that, no, they finished. Where did Columbus finish? Fourth? I thought they. I thought they finished third in the East. They finished third. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is he, I I don't, I don't like him for the pick. 
I don't like him for the pick either. Believe it or not, I would actually put Ben Olsen there. Olsen, yeah. Um, for taking a, a Houston team from last season to this season. Yeah. That's a pretty... I've seen a few Pareja shouts for Orlando. I mean, Orlando did finish second over on the league. Got some big yeah. wins against St. Louis away to Cincinnati, but um, either way, it's it it it's really a formality. It doesn't matter, I guess, because it's going to be one of Noonan or Carnell, and I could flip flop either way. I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be Carnell. I think there's way too much media hype and press all pushing yeah. and trying to influence people to be Carnell. I'm just excited that we have one that we can kind of talk through and talk about once it is finally decided. Um, right. Cause usually it's, it's a given kind of like similar to Hill versus um, Mukhtar a few seasons ago. Yes. Which I, I still argue Mukhtar should have won that one as well. Yeah, I agree. It's just cause Hill's team broke the record. Yep. Um, Gavin, controversial. It's also blown up social media. Lionel Messi was nominated for Newcomer of the Year as a finalist. Yeah. It's dumb. It's idiotic, and I don't like it. I don't don't like like that he was nominated because he barely played. He did absolutely nothing for the team in MLS. Did he... Does he have an MLS goal? He has an MLS goal, right? He has an MLS goal. Yeah. He has played like 609 minutes. I think he's played in six matches. I get it. For for the record, apparently there was criteria that was sent out to the media saying for, you know, these awards, specifically newcomer of the year, only consider their MLS regular season performances. Do not consider things like Champions League. Do not consider – Things like League's Cup do not consider all these other outside competitions, including U.S. Open Cup, only consider their MLS regular season. I think it's a bit disrespectful to the players that were eligible and maybe should have been considered a finalist that um, one of them, their spot is taken from someone who absolutely doesn't deserve it and is only there because of his name and his name only. Agree. That said, the other two finalists, Yakumakis from Atlanta and Lewin from St. Louis, I, one of those, I'm completely okay with them winning it, and I think they will win it. My guess would be Yakumakis because he tied second most goals scored in the league in his first season here, and that's a pretty impressive feat. Yeah, he was my pick, I believe. Um, so I hope he wins. Yep. And then MLS Young Player of the Year finalists, I think we can agree it's just it diago almada was nominated with mcguire and morris it it's gonna be almada it's gonna be almada although it's just a bummer that they don't have you know rookie of the year or something to um give duncan mcguire some credit for an incredible season but it's gonna yeah. be almada uh, mcguire will win this award in future years uh no he's 23 i think oh is I he, he never mind yeah I okay. don't think he's uh, maybe he's 22, but I don't think he's eligible next year. Let me look. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's a shame. Well, because he he's out of college, right? Oh, so he, yeah. He did so he some college stuff. Yeah. And, and with the with the rules, I think they have they can be like what, like a sophomore or a junior at the earliest. They can't be that young. So, yeah, he is 22 currently. Um, okay. 
Yeah. So Won't yeah. be eligible next year. Nope. Uh, it's a shame. Yes. Duncan McGuire yes, had a good rookie season. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Well, Thiago Amato will win it and yep. deserves to win it. So, definitely. Here's one that is interesting to me Goalkeeper of the Year finalists Berkey, Celentano, and Galese. I'm going to admit, I didn't have Celentano in this listing. I, he wasn't even in my top five to make this listing. I don't think he'll win it. I think it's going to be Berkey, and I think it's going to be Berkey by a landslide. But very interesting companions in here because I would have thought the San Jose keeper would have made it in just based on the pure media discussion talking about his stats. I'm going to be honest. I think this specific uh, category being the way it is, is largely down to the fact that not everyone could watch every game. And that, you know, you kind of had to pick a game. If you're a fan of a team, you're you're missing a lot of other games. Um, or you're missing your team in support of the league instead, you know, to do MLS 360 which not a lot of people chose to do. I didn't choose to do that. So I feel like a lot of people just went and looked, looked at some very high level data um, team rankings and looked at save percentages and whatnot, and just kind of randomly picked and picked off of names. Uh, Celentano, Golese, Berkey. That is first place. In the league, second place in the league, and first place in the West. <laughs> Goalkeepers. Yeah, um, so I, I don't see the think, thought process. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of effort and research put into these selections. Um, and I do think Berkey's going to win just because he's been getting a lot of hype. Um, and he has been good for St. Louis. But I honestly couldn't tell you who the best goalkeeper of the year has been this season. Yeah, fair enough. MLS Defender of the Year. We got two left. This is the second. To la- well, there's more, but we're only going to cover these last two. Um, MLS Defender of the Year. You got Yamar from Seattle, Miazga from Cincinnati, Parker from St. Louis. It's interesting because I feel like Parker kind of came up as a candidate almost out of nowhere because there wasn't much discussion about him. And then kind of just all of a sudden he was brought up and now – people are realizing like, oh, hey, Parker's actually really good. Like I was talking with um, one of the other podcasters that uh, talks St. Louis earlier today, and uh, you feel free to follow them. It's Matt Baker. They do flyover footy. Uh, but we were just talking about how Miazga and Parker have similar profiles in that you don't always notice them on the field. But when they are not on the field, it is very obvious. I think that goes for all three of these finalists, right? I think the same with Yamar um, over in Seattle. Uh, they seem to struggle when they don't have him this season. So, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point made. And I'm not sure who deserves to win it, honestly. Uh, I could really go between any of them. I think it's going to be Miazga, personally. From these three finalists, I think Miazga will get the name recognition solely from U.S. men's national team. That That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Parker. I mean, Tim Parker's been around a while. I think he's. Has he won it before? 
I don't know if he's won it Has before. He been I MLS Defender of the Year. Or was he, that Long? I think he. I think Long's won it. Question: Zimmerman's won it for sure. I don't. So Zimmer won it twice. Yeah, I. I think Tim Parker is a very deserving winner if he does win it. I have no issue really with any three of these guys winning it. This will be one that. Honestly, I, I don't know if I could refute any winner, but I don't know if I could pick any specific winner from these three. I, I again, I think it's going to come down to name recognition or someone's going to look at it and be like, oh, Cincinnati won the shield. They had the most number of points. I'll just vote for this guy from Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it was Aaron Long who won it, not Tim Parker. Could be his first then. Yeah, could be. All right. Last one, we're going to cover the MLS Comeback Player of the Year. It's interesting. We actually talked about, I think, all three of these guys, which is Jao Paulo, Alan Polito, Miles Robinson. I think it's going to come down to Alan Polito and Jao Paulo, personally. I agree. I think Polito has been prolific in scoring goals, which is eye-catching and exciting, and I think that's the way the voting is going to go. But Jao Paulo is another one of those players where Seattle without Jao Paulo do not look like Seattle. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's always a big miss when he's injured, so I could see it going his way. Yeah, he's had a great and, season. Yeah, I would be a very deserving winner. Miles Robinson would be a deserving winner, but I think Polito that, too. Yeah, I, I think it's going to go between Polito and Jao Paulo, though. I think Polito being the goal scoring threat and having an amazing comeback season just from a stat standpoint and then getting the press release about, I think, the extended DP deal over there, getting a lot of love in the media. My my gut tells me it's going to be Polito as the winner, but Jao Paulo could be a sneaky dark horse for this. Yeah, I think Polito will probably win it just because it's easier to see with the goals versus Joao Paulo's impact it's not all just goals and assists for him it's it's off the ball stuff it's it's tackles it's it's everything for Paulo yeah and I am frustrated because a player like Paulo deserves some of these awards and there's not really any category that a player like him is ever going to get into and win if I'm being honest agree yep I defensive midfielders just they're not they're so underappreciated, but all the best teams, all your winners, all your record setters have a player in that position who is very competent. Yeah. Yep. It's a key, key position. Right. But underappreciated. Very good. Gavin. Very good. That's all I had on the docket for this one. Just a little bit, you know, one more taste of pre-playoff proper, I guess. I I don't I don't know. I mean, this is the bracket. There's no more play-in, so I guess this is the playoff proper. But it's here. It's coming. Got four days of it. Insane. At weird times sometimes, so. Yeah, we're here. This is the best part of the season, right? So... It's going to be the longest it. part of the season. Yeah. It's got five yeah. weeks of it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, it's, I, good. It, it's my one gripe. I just so, so much time for playoffs. Yep. It feels like another league's cup. If I'm being honest. 
It basically is, if you think about it. The two weeks, the two week international break doesn't help. No, the two week international break absolutely does not. But help. I'm glad they took it off. I am glad they took it off. Start the season earlier so you don't have to take it off. Yep. Agree. Alternatively, don't do League's Cup for five weeks. No, but League's Cup was fun. Come on. I mean, it was fun, but... It was fun. It it does throw a wrench in the whole schedule. It does. I'd be down for like one more year of League's Cup. Um, just to see if, it, like, if I like it long term. But we'll see. We will see. Time will tell. All right. Gavin, as always, thank you very much. If you like Gavin and you like hearing him, you can follow him on social media at LionsBlog1. You can follow me on social media at Mr. DangerRuss. And as always, you can follow the podcast on social media at MLS Now Podcast or MLSNowPodcast.com website, where all of our contributors who cover each of these teams individually will write and put up articles and some of their insight into their teams at a more granular level. So feel free to go there as well and explore some of the content that is posted there by our lovely contributors. Gavin, listeners, thank you very much. Enjoy the upcoming round one of the playoffs. Till next time. Till next time. <laughs>